Greetings, this is Leon Armstrong, the founding pastor of World Overcomers Ministries Church in the city of Madison, Mississippi. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Living Truth Broadcast. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us on the web at woministries.org. If you are visiting in the Jackson, Madison, Mississippi area, you are welcome always to be our guest. You can locate us at 444 Pebble Creek Drive, Madison, Mississippi. It is our prayer that you are richly blessed by the Word of God. Please receive now our word for today. And in today's message, we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit more on what inheriting God, inheriting the Lord or inheriting God is. Uh, we have already said that we are looking beyond just the expectation of being saved and born again. We thank God for that and how wonderful that is. And that we have the gift of eternal life and the expectation to go uh, to heaven when it's all said and done. But there's something bigger that the Lord has set before us and we have uh, announced that the focus of our Christian walk is to look at the bigger picture and the bigger picture is to inherit the Lord. And so I, I want to read this to you uh, in Colossians chapter 1 and we're going to say a little bit more about this. Uh, inheriting the Lord um, in chapter 1 of Colossians verse 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God increasing in what? Increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. And verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Everyone say the saints in light. Say to inherit with the saints in light. Say in light, I am a saint. Say light is supposed to be in me. Amen. See, this is the process of walking with God is that the expectation of God is that the light of God comes in your soul. God wants the souls of his people filled up with light. We live in a world from the beginning that has marred, stained, influenced our souls with episodes of darkness. This world is not a world of light. It is a world of darkness. This age that we're living in, it is not an age of light where we are now because of what God, the transition that God is bringing, but the age was an age of evil. It's an age of darkness. 
And so we have to redeem the time now. We have to become very focused and emphatic and understand that the most beautiful and valuable thing that I have right now to inherit is the instrument called my soul. My soul must be something that I take care of. My soul, your soul must be something that you pay close attention to. Because again, just to remind you, uh, the soul is like a filter with layers. And you know, I, I'm saying that out of my understanding. That's not necessarily something I found in scripture, but if you ever talk to God about it, he may show that to you. The soul is in layers. You can pass out layers all over the place. You can spread yourself all over the world. Your soul can be tied to people and places and things and money and agencies. Your soul can be involved with alcohol or drugs or sex and pornography. Your soul can be all over the place. But here's how your soul works. Your soul is like a filter a filter, whatever passes through your soul, your soul collects it. You have a collecting system in you. God designed you that way, to that whatever you see, whatever you hear, whatever you are paying attention to, whatever you involve yourself with, you will collect that. You, it will become a part of who you are. It will identify you, you will identify with it. It will be a stain in your brain if you pay attention to it. So we have started off in this world being influenced, letting all kinds of people, gossip, information, television programming, music, uh, all kinds of influences have come through our soul. And believe me, we have collected a lot of things. But now, everybody say now, now is the time to start opening your soul up to the word and to the truth and be sanctified, be purged. Let the word of God flow through your soul in order for the soul to be cleansed, that filter to collect light rather than darkness. And so the word here, he says, to be made meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the inheritance. See, we're preparing for something. We're preparing for an inheritance. We are preparing for an inheritance. If you don't know you have an inheritance, the word is loaded with it from beginning to end, from front to cover. The entire purpose of God for you is that you enter into and be prepared for your inheritance, which is going to bless you now in this life and bless you throughout eternity. Uh, the mistake that the church has made is that they have focused only on going to heaven or salvation. They have not understood that they have a an inheritance that is so rich and so bountiful and so much like Jesus that it would blow your mind. Uh, the word saints here, to be made meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, which means separated from, set aside, unto, and I have it up, it should be up here, Saints, separated from, set aside unto light, the faithful ones, holy. And we were singing holy unto the Lord. We were singing 
you are, when we say, God, you're holy, we're saying you're set aside from all of this. You're set aside, not only set aside, but above and beyond anything that's in this world. You are holy. That's what makes God holy. Saints are people who have given themselves to God to be set aside with God, all right, to give themselves for the stream of revelation that's coming from God to flow through you, you have set yourself aside from this world and all of its information and all of its influence, and you're saying, God, I want to be prepared for my inheritance. I'm setting my side to, myself aside to be with you. You've called me to be a saint, not just a saint, but a saint in light. That means I've got to commit myself to the light source. Amen. I've got to commit myself to the light source. The scripture tells us in Proverbs that the entrance of thy word, the entrance of thy, of thy word where? In my soul. The entrance of thy word bringeth light. Bringeth light. I have to give myself to the word which is loaded with the light of heaven, the light of God. Everything in heaven is light. There's no shadows in heaven, no darkness in heaven. Everything in heaven, when you get there, you'll see everything is made of light. Nothing has any darkness in it in heaven. And so he told us to pray even, thy will be done on earth as it is done where? In heaven. Heaven is supposed to infuse and come in and, and flood the earth, but it's going to happen through you. You are the generation that is supposed to be filled with light so that heaven can fully be made manifest on the earth. That's why God is saying to this generation, get ready, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm going to really just torch this earth with my passion and my love. I'm going to build up my saints. I'm going to infuse them with so much love and joy and power and glory. I'm going to cause my light to rest on you in this generation because I have nations of people that I want to show who I am and I want to draw them to me. So it is our responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to position ourselves and say, let your light shine in me. Give me your light. Give me the definition of light up there in the scripture uh, uh, for me, um, brother man. Uh, <laughs> light, illumination. It also means in scripture fire. Another meaning is star. That's what you are. You are stars of heaven, stars in the spirit realm. But here specifically, it all points to understanding. Light is understanding. Everybody say understanding. understanding. This is what you are called to if you're going to be filled with light. God wants you to be filled with understanding. Understanding is what we are gaining from this word when we get into the truth when Jesus says, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he shall guide you into all truth, into the whole truth. He's going to guide you into understanding. Understanding was going to transform your life. Understanding is going to place you in God's best. Understanding is going to lift you into your inheritance. Saints that don't have understanding will stay where they are. Saints that gain understanding will go up higher and higher in the blessings and the power and in the glory of God. You want to be more like Christ? Get more understanding. Understanding is going to make us just like 
Jesus. Everyone say understanding. understanding. This is for your soul. Your soul is the part of you. Your soul is the part of you that receives understanding. And depending on how you live, depending on how you live, depending on what you pay attention to, depending on what you give yourself to, your soul is what will tell the story as the quality of your life. Are y'all listening to me? Give me an amen if you're listening to me. Your soul will make the difference. So how you live, what you pay attention to, what things do you love to look at, see, hear, all of that will predetermine the quality of your life. When the scripture says, it tells us in 3 John 1 and 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in what? Health. But he says this, this is the part that the church typically lives off. He says, even as thy soul prospers. If your life, well, let's read it backwards. That's what I like to tell people. Learn to read the scriptures backwards and then you'll get the, the application to our modern reasoning faculty. Because the ancients that wrote this from the inspiration of heaven, they would write things they would start off with this, 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 because of that. But we think that, and then this, this, this. So if you reverse it and says, the mind that is thy soul prosper, that's the that you need to understand. Your soul needs to prosper. Then this, 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 you'll be in health. Your life will prosper. Things will get better, the quality of your life. So you, you, you go, you read it backwards, my soul prospers, then I'll be in health. Everybody say, if my soul prospers, my soul prospers. I'll be in health, I'll, be in health. I'll, prosper. I'll prosper, my life will become richer, become wealthier, wealthier, healthier, healthier. Stronger, stronger, not destroyed, not weak, because of light. Amen. All right. So you, you have to give yourself over to light, understanding, as your soul understands. As you understand in all thy getting, yeah, yeah, get understanding. This has to apply more today than any other day. God is stirring the spirit world, stirring people in his church to become hungry for understanding, hungry for the truth. Because this is the day when more knowledge is coming from heaven. More understanding, if you want it, God is going to open it up to you. It may have been hard before. It may have been more of a mystery before. There are things in the scriptures that were hard to understand, but not anymore. God is making them very easy to understand. If you give any time or attention to it, God will help you understand it because he wants his people full of light, full of understanding, full of knowledge. Amen. Amen. That's a powerful thing. This is setting you up for the best blessings that's about to hit this earth. God is about to do something awesome, but he has to have a people that are full of light, full of understanding. Let's move on. Give me uh, Matthew, because I, I, I want to lift this. You know, you, you're going to have to make your soul, make the choices as what you do with your soul. Because your soul will either be the success of you. Your soul will either be the success of you or your soul will either be the mess of you. Does that make sense? 
Your soul will either be the success of you or your soul will either be the mess of you. So if you look at your life and say, my, 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 my life has been a mess for the last 20 years. Well, I can point right to the source. Soul. All right. And the change and transformation and the quality of life increasing more and more is going to come right out of the soul prospering. More light in the soul, more prospering. Matthew 13, are you there? Matthew 13. Let's look at this. This, this is a parable that has typically throughout the years been used uh, for sowing and giving and prosperity and, and giving money and getting something in return. But that's not what this parable is talking about. It, it, I have to say the, there's a principle there that if you sow and give, yes, you will reap. But the subject matter, the context of Matthew 13 is not money. The context of this scripture is your understanding. It is about your soul getting understanding. Are y'all with me today? It's about your soul getting understanding. Matthew 13. Look at Jesus. He's explaining here uh, in verse 23. He's telling them about the good ground. You all know the parable where it talks about the wayside, the stony ground and the thorny ground. And then he gets to the explanation of the good ground. And he says in Matthew 13 and 23, he says, but he that receiveth seed uh, into the good ground is he that heareth the word. What does he hear? He heareth the word. And not only does he hear the word, but he what? He understands it. That's light. Hearing brings light. The entrance of thy word bringeth light. Bringeth understanding. So you can say, but he that receiveth the seed is the good, unto the good ground, that's your soul, is he that heareth the word and receives light, which in turn also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So you can have thirtyfold light, you can have sixtyfold light, not money, you can have hundredfold light. And this is the day when God wants to bring his people to hundredfold light. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the hour that God wants his people not in a 30-fold. We've been in there for many years when all we've had was just 30-fold understanding of the word and lots of things we didn't understand. Then 60-fold. But now God wants his church in a 100-fold understanding. I want you to know it, my word completely, top to bottom, inside and out. I want you to understand how things work in the heavens, how things work in the spirit world, how things work as a son of God. If you're going to rule and reign in this earth, you need Need to have some understanding in the word of God because God is getting a people ready. He's raising up an army. Just because we sing that on the radio and what a wonderful and true song that is that God is raising up an army, but this army is an army of understanding in the word. Amen. Don't, don't, don't just, listen, this is, this is a corporate thing, but it's corporate with some qualifications. Light. Light. 
Everybody say, Lord, give me light. Give me understanding. Lord, come on. Give me the hunger. Give me the thirst. Give me the desire to hope for everything that you're going to do in these last days. Amen. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Don't get used to life where you are. Do not get used to life where you are. God is about to blow your mind. Because he's going to light your mind. I told you there's going to be so much joy in the church, so much laughter. You're going to laugh. God will make you laugh more in these last days than you have in your whole life. You're going to see things just suddenly pop and change in your circumstances because he wants to bless his church to show them off to the rest of the world. He wants to. He wants to. You don't have to convince God to do this. You don't have to beg God to do this. What God is begging for is you get full of light. He'll do the rest because he's about to shine this globe. He's about to light up this world. We are on the earth for a wonderful time. This is the best time to be alive, I'm telling you. It is the best time to be alive. I am excited about it. I'm trying my best to calculate and, and receive and store away and itemize all of these revelations that God keep giving me. And it makes me so excited when I start talking about it. I can't hardly articulate all the little things that I'm seeing. And I have to stop. I'm just going to have to stop and just give you a little piece here and there at a time and then run with it. But I'm so excited about what God is about to do because miracles, signs, wonders are about to happen through God's people. Healing, the sun of righteousness is rising with healing in his wings. The morning star, the day star is rising in our hearts. It's time for change in this world. And I'm not saying it like the president of the United States. He called for change, but he's not the change agent. God is the change agent. God is about to change this whole globe. Amen. Paul gives us a practice to filter. Watch your filter. Watch your filter. Watch your soul. Be careful what you allow to pass through. Philippians 4.8. Put that up for me. Philippians 4.8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on. Everybody say think on. Think on, think on these things. In other words, everything that's not in the context of being true if it's not in the context of being honest or honorable, if it's not in the context of being just or righteous, if it's not in the context of being pure, if it's not lovely or pleasing, if it's not a good report, do not pay much attention to it. Pay attention to things that do fit these concepts. This is going to purify your soul. Good report. Give me a good report. Now, negative reports are going to come. Evil reports are going to always come. But he says, think on the good report. 
Don't think on evil reports. Don't sit up there and look at the gloom and doom on, on the news and start thinking on that and say, man, we live in terrible times. We don't live in terrible times. Terrible times has not hit the earth yet. I know it says perilous times are coming, but perilous times have not hit the earth. If this was perilous times, we all be living out of a garbage can. Anybody living, in out of, living out of a garbage can? Anybody had a good meal today or yesterday? See, when you're in perilous times, you're going, it's going to be hard to find a good meal. You might, you, it might be another week before you get a good meal. That's perilous times. We're living in good times. We're living in times when God is about to make it even better. Amen. Hey, good report. Good, everybody say good report. Come on, talk to me and say good report. Not evil. Hey, hey come on, no gossip. Stop receiving gossip. I know it's tasty to your soul. Stop receiving gossip. That's not a good report. I've never known gossip to be a good report. If you allow that junk to come into your soul, it's going to stain your soul. You want your soul full of light? Block that stuff out. If someone else wants to come and bring that to your hearing, tell them, stop. Speak to the hand. Don't even speak to the hand. Take it somewhere else. Amen. You have got to be responsible for what's coming into your soul. And Paul tells us that. If it be a virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Go to Joel. We're talking about saints in light. We're talking about good ground. We're talking about your soul. It's like a garden, a, a groundwork that's, that God has prepared. We're talking about seeds being sown in your ground. Seeds of light to bring forth fruit. Go to Joel. Joel chapter 2. I want you to see this. Because a lot of you will have fear. You'll have worry. You're so concerned about your problems. You get so bogged down. Do you know worry is a sin? Do you know that worry is a sin? And as God's people, you have no business worrying. Amen. Amen. You have no business worrying. Joel chapter 2, verse 21. Right off the bat, he says, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Fear not. And notice what he says, O land. Why does he say, oh, land? Why does he call you land? Because just like ground, your soul receives seed. Oh, land. See, there's, you have more seed in you than you know. Do you know seed can stay in the ground and not grow for years? And he's saying, I know what I've planted in you. Stop being fearful. I'm about to cause all seed that came from me to come up in your life. Put that up again. Fear not, O land, but rather be glad and rejoice. We got any rejoices here today? <laughs> Amen. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. I'm telling you, God is about to do some things in the earth that have never, ever 
been witnessed before. Never have you seen the good that's about to hit the planet. Never have you seen the extent of beauty, of holiness, and graciousness, and goodwill, and favor, and miracles. Never have you seen the amount that's about to hit the earth. Put that up for me again. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine. How many know Jesus is divine? And he says he do yield his strength. He do yield their strength. And see, if Jesus is divine and we are the branches, if Jesus, who is divine, starts releasing his strength, and guess what? The branches suddenly going to become strong. Fruitful, that is. Amen. Verse 23. Now let's hold, let's stop there. Just go back. Just, just, just hold that right there. So here he says, do not be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't worry. Don't get upset because things go wrong. Oh, come on, say it. Talk to me. Don't get upset because things go wrong. This is not the time to panic. This is not the time to worry. It is not the time to fear or be afraid because things aren't working out because you've got bills due. First of all, be a good steward over your money. Live within your means. Don't spend excessively. God will meet your need. But see, God promised to meet your need. But as far as the abundance of things, he's waiting on your soul to be filled with light. And see, we're going to see him do great things because of your soul, because of of your soul be responsible for your soul and you'll see God do things greatly in your life amen amen somebody you are in a time and listen here it you know when your soul gets full of light full of truth full of understanding now you've got you've got a reservoir of what to speak out of because out of the abundance that's in you the mouth speaks and when you start talking out of the abundance of light in you, you are actually setting your world up. You, you're constructing your environment, your circumstances to turn out good because you're now prophesying and speaking and declaring and decreeing. You're just, you, you can see negative situations, hear negative reports, but what comes out of you is a good report. Amen. And see, you're setting the direction and you're changing the conditions and you're declaring what things shall be rather than calling it what it is. And that's the power. That is the power of a soul full of light. You can't do that if no light is in your soul. Amen. And so don't be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Just get full. Did not Jesus say, take no thought for your life? Did he say that? Take no thought. Stop worrying about what you shall eat or wear or drink or live, what you shall drive. That's not your concern. Your concern is the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything else is added to you. And my, I might add that it's even added more as your soul prospers. Amen. How about that? As your soul prospers, God adds to you. Oh, I just, I like that, man. As your soul prospers, because you're seeking the kingdom of God. 
See, if I'm getting understanding from God, I'm seeking. I'm getting, I'm, my focus is on the kingdom of God because I'm getting the word. I'm getting understanding. I'm getting light. And God says, because you sought me first, as your soul prospers, I'll add to you. Listen, you, there's coming a time when you'll never have to worry about your body getting sick again. You'll never have to worry about the enemy fighting against you again. The Lord of heaven holds your breath that's in your lungs. He holds in his hands the very breath that's in your body. But can I tell you something? He holds the breath of the enemy too. And he will not let the enemy do anything to you. Because if he tries, the one who holds his breath can shut it down. Amen. You don't need to be afraid. At any time of what people, systems of this world will do, God's got you if you seek first his kingdom. Let your soul get understanding and watch the Lord add to you, propel you, swell you, fill you up, bless you, do great things for you. It is going to happen on a scale accelerated more than you've ever done. We're living in a time of acceleration. In fact, thank you, Lord. We are entering in the reaping of other men's labors. Melinda, we're entering in that. Jesus said that, that you shall reap all those years that men have sown and gave, given them lives, all those martyrs that died for Jesus Christ, all of that work, all of their labors, they died and went to heaven. Their bodies went into the ground like seed. Their labor is still in the earth and it cannot be perfected until it is harvested. And all at once in this season, God is going to cause you to harvest not only what's for you, but everything that everyone else that lived before you that has gone home, God is going to cause their harvest to come upon you. You're reaping everything all in this season that has been sown. You are going to get the vision of this after a while, what this means. That's why you have to be filled with light. Because it's, you are the reapers of all that God is about to do because this is the generation that will see it happen. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise in his presence. <laughs> Jesus says, when the devil comes, he has nothing in me. Can you say that? <laughs> but if you keep going in light, you will. You keep growing in light, you will be able to see. Let him come. He has nothing in me. Let's, let's talk about this. I, I want to end this on, on this. No, go to, uh, let's look at Joel. Bring that up, Joel 26, 2 and 26. This just blessed me so. I, wanna, I want you to understand this. This, this blessed me so. I, I would read this and the Lord would direct me. And I, I just kind of look at it and did. And I was like, okay, what are you saying here? What, uh, what am I supposed to rejoice over this? But after time... I did rejoice over it. Joel 2, 26. This is what the Lord says. Bring that up for me. He says, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Now, he says some other things before that. We know that he's going to restore the years that the 
locusts and the caterpillar and the cankerworm and the palm worm and all of those things that prevented us from being what God called us to be and to have what God wanted us to have. And he says, I will restore the years. That's, that's, that's built in there. And he says, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And the praise of the name of your Lord God that hath dealt, that hath dealt wondrously with you. All right? God is about to deal wondrously with you. And my people, I love this, shall never be ashamed. That's what he kept saying to me. My people shall never be ashamed. And after a time, I start wondrously means that uh, he's going to start doing extraordinary. Things that are not commonly done. Things that we don't have the strength to do. Things that go beyond anything that we see, normally see. It makes me think, the word wondrously makes me think of Ephesians that talks about now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, which means we can't, we have no reference to, we have no imagination or even uh, inclination or insight as to what degree and how awesome and how abundant this is going to be. We have no measure in our brain. We might think, okay, if he blessed me this way or that way or this much, man, that'd be awesome. But you can't really, you can't really put God in that box because he shatters that because he will always exceed what we could imagine. Amen. So, so he says, I'm going to deal wondrously with you. Those saints filled with light, I'm going to deal wondrously with you. And listen, you will never be ashamed, which is so sweet to, to, to me and my soul. Uh, in this regard because I understand that shame being ashamed is not talking about blushing and being embarrassed in front of people That's not the shame. He's talking about the shame being ashamed has to do with Having invested your time and gone to church and worshiped and 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 studied the word and believed the word and declared the word and prayed and yet days went by weeks went by months years seasons went by and we have not seen any results that we read in the word or that we heard in our hearing. And so it's the expectation of a breakthrough, of a harvest, literally a harvest being expected. And when you have to wait so long, so long, so long, day after day, day after day, walking, walking and waiting, walking and waiting, waiting and walking, working and waiting, year after year, and you see nothing, it starts to deplete your hope, your expectation. And that's where the shame comes in. That's what it means to be ashamed. I, I don't... I've waited all these years and I have nothing to show for it. Anybody ever feel that way? <laughs> I know you do. And, and you go year after year praying, believing, but I have, I have nothing to show for it. I've gone, here we go, another 13. We make our little rhymes. 12, 2012 is the year of this. 2010 was the year of this. 2009 was the year of this. We make our little rhymes. We're going to get this. We're going to get that in this season, in that season. We got all of these declarations that this was going to happen, that was going to happen. And I, my question is, where is it? Where is it? And, and, it, and it, makes, it, 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 it makes shame, being ashamed. So, you know, when we be ashamed, we don't say so much now. We don't make those little declarations anymore. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Thank you, brother. <laughs> Amen. But God is saying, all that you have done, all that you have believed, sown, given, prayed, declared, decreed, waited patiently on me. He says, I am not going to leave my people in shame. I am not going to disappoint what they have been waiting on. I'm not going to let them be empty at the end of this. I'm not going to let them expect a harvest and just a few little sprigs come out the ground. God says I'm going to make your ground grow up with fruit and with produce everywhere. I'm going to cause you to multiply and be abundant with so much of my anointing, my glory, my light, my joy, my all of my resources. I'm going to cause it to come up, come up, come up out of your ground. It's coming out of your ground is coming out of your soul your as a man thinketh in his heart so is he so you need to keep thinking blessed I am blessed I am pure I am true I am honest I listen to a good report I think on these things God will come God will abound God will give he will heal God will do the miracle God will give me the breakthrough because that's what I think and out of the abundance out of what I think the Lord says that's who I am and out of the abundance of my life that's what grows out of the out of my ground in Jesus name he says I will not leave my people ashamed these are my people you are God's people he's not gonna let you walk around in shame he's not gonna let you invest all of this time in him and nothing comes of it boy that's awesome that's good to my soul that is good to my soul Hallelujah. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to believe God. For all things are possible to them that believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not leave. I will not let my people be ashamed. That's why Paul says, we glory in tribulation. Because tribulation, I know now, worketh patience supposed to let patience have a perfect work by the way and then patience worketh endurance and then endurance hope expectation and he says this hope maketh not ashamed that means god so you out there hoping for god to come through i'm going through this i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm expecting i'm expecting God says, I'm not going to leave. It's going to come through. It's going to come through. I'm not going to leave you. Be ashamed. It's going to come through. Hold your position of faith. Hold it. Dig in. Get the light. Let the word be sown in your soul. And it blessed me when the Lord led me to this verse. I don't know if it's up there. If y'all have it, you can put it up there. But think on this. It says that hope makes the heart sick makes the heart sick but he says when desire comes hope excuse me hope deferred makes the heart sick when hope is not answered it is delayed makes the heart sick but he says when desire cometh it is a tree of life. 
Jesus is the tree of life. So the outcome of hope, you might get sick waiting and waiting and waiting and I want this. It, it, it talks about the, the desire, the, just the, the longing to see God come through, the longing to see the manifestation of his presence, his glory, his light, the longing. I'm waiting. I see it. I understand it now. I want it. Come on, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come on. And you want it to happen. And you're waiting. And he says, when that desire starts to percolate in you from thinking on this and expecting this, he says, it is a tree of life. It is the manifestation of Jesus. That means Jesus is growing in you before, because you desire it. Because you're focused on this. Jesus is manifesting in you. He's growing in you. He's, it's going to, the outcome is Jesus. The outcome is guaranteed. It is a tree of life. It is the manifestation and the fullness of Christ. It will not leave you in that sick feeling because that sick feeling makes you want it more and more and more. It's like the Shulamite woman, the bride of Solomon. She was looking for him. She longed for him. She was touched by him. She was enamored by him. She wanted him. And she said this, I am sick of love. She wasn't meaning it in a negative sense. She was meaning it in the sense that I love him so much, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I've got to have him. I'm looking, I'm pursuing for him. I feel that sometimes, lots of times, especially in the last few years, more and more. My sleep is so disturbed sometimes because the more I give attention to what he's about to do, I can't sleep. I can go to bed and lay there and look at the ceiling for hours. And then I wake up before I want to wake up. And I try to go back to sleep because I hadn't had enough sleep, but I can't. My mind starts racing, thinking about him and what he's going to do and all the things he's showing me. And I say, Lord, come on. Come on, Lord Jesus. Come, come, Lord. Come on. And then the Lord whispered to me one time, he said, I'm coming for my people and my rewards are with me. I'm coming to bless them beyond imagination. My rewards are with me. You see, that sickness of hope deferred, you get a guarantee from the Lord, from the tree of life that this thing is going to happen just like he said. Amen. Amen. If you receive that word, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.